Welcome to SBC This Week. Glad that you're listening with us. I'm Brandon Porter. Laura Erlinson is here with me. Though, Laura, well, you are not, not exactly. at my side. No, That's I am right. not with you at all. You're very far away, in fact. That is true. So uh, so this is the height of state convention season as it kicks off and moves into to high gear here over these next few weeks. And so there are um, a number of us at the EC and other entities who are out um, thanking Southern Baptist for their faithful uh, generosity and partnership. And so, Laura, I am joining you today from Rapid City, South Dakota. Nice. What's the temperature there in Rapid City? It is a sunny 34 degrees out the wow. weather window at the moment. Wow. Yes. We're going to get some of that, I think, in Nashville over the next few days. Probably not that cold, yeah. but I'm ready for some cooler weather. Yeah. So definitely that that's going to bring on the the, cha- the changing season, the changing leaves. Uh, we are definitely getting into fall mode here. Yeah. Which I'm excited. No pumpkin spice lattes for me, but everything else, I'm good. I'm good that's with right. It. That's right. So uh, in just a few minutes, though, th- thinking about state conventions and our partnership together, we- we've got some exciting news in this episode of SBC this week to talk to you about totals from CP giving, from Lottie Moon, from Annie Armstrong. And uh, we- we're excited to be able to celebrate God's faithfulness through Southern Baptist as we share those numbers with you just momentarily. Before we get there, though, we want to thank our presenting sponsor, Subsplash. If you're a pastor who wants to engage with your congregation and build connections beyond weekend services, Subsplash can help. Subsplash allows your community to access messages, resources, and even give from one place, helping congregations connect in ways you never could have before. Learn more at subsplash.com forward slash SBC. When you use that link, you'll get a special discount, but you have to use the link. Again, it's subsplash.com forward slash SBC. Well, Laura, as previously mentioned, let's not keep the folks waiting. Let's talk about these three big offering totals that, that have That's come right. in That's right, big this ones week. all mm-hmm. this week. Uh, of course, we had the end of our fiscal year there at the end of September and started a new fiscal year this week. So we have the totals for all three of our big um, offerings. And the cooperative program total was $191.8 million. Wow. It was just Barely under the budget mm-hmm. of like 0.22% under the budget. So pretty much right on the yeah, goal. The uh, Lighty Moon offering was 196.1 million. Yeah. Which is astounding to think about that. Almost $200 million for Lottie. Yeah. And Annie Armstrong had the offering had a record number, $70.2 million. That's a that's a record number for the Annie offering. So exciting stuff this week in Baptist Press about those offerings. Yeah, absolutely. So, so stories, stories there to read more details and reaction to that. But certainly the the biggest reaction is to to thank God and to thank Southern Baptists for their generosity. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's, that's how we do it right there. Yeah. That's how we send our missionaries and plant our churches. Is that right there? That's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, also, in, in addition to state convention meetings happening, uh, we're still, we're, we're beginning to maybe start to wind down, but we're in the midst of trustee meetings. And so we had a report this week from the NAM trustee meeting that happened um, out out west, out this way, where I am in Denver. That's right. The uh, NAM trustees met there in Denver this week, and they had some really great reports. Of course, that Annie Armstrong offering was one of those, uh, but also heard about some salvations, the Sin Relief mm. report said that the Sin Relief staff and partners and volunteers saw more than 130,000 salvations wow. this year so far. Wow. 
Uh, Nam Chaplin's reported 40,000 gospel presentations and more than 5,600 professions of faith from mm-hmm. Nam Chaplin's. Um, and then, of course, they met in Denver, which is one of the Nam Sind cities. Yeah. And they talked about the fact that when um, one of the church planners that they met with out there said that when he arrived there, uh, I think it was maybe 2012, maybe when he arrived there, I can't remember, something like that, about 10 or 12 years ago, he said there was a 90% failure rate among wow. evangelical church plants in Denver. I mean, it was very hard to church plan a church out there. But since uh, 2015, all of the NAM Sin Network churches that have been planted since 2015 have a 90% success rate, survival rate. So that's really so complete great complete reversal. Yeah, totally flipped it around. Wow. One of those churches they visited was Storyline Fellowship, which you may remember that. Uh, that was the church that Ben Mandrell mm-hmm. was the pastor of before he moved to become the president of Lifeway. And it's also where our friend and fellow BP podcaster, George Schroeder, just yeah. joined the staff there. He is the new groups and care minister at Storyline. Yeah. So his his and podcast, I get jealous in the of, Gospel. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I get jealous of his uh, Twitter feed and all the pictures of of Colorado that he posts all the time now. <laughs> yeah, that that's the truth. It's like it's like a hike to walk to the mailbox out there. Yeah, it's beautiful though. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, check out his podcast, Gridiron and the Gospel. That's yeah. a great football and gospel podcast. Nice, nice. Uh last week and on SBC this week, we heard from Jay Adkins, who is leading the um the task force that, that's doing the study on the Great Commission resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a few weeks ago, we heard from uh, Jared Wellman, who is leading the cooperation group, and that cooperation group had their first meeting uh, late last week, and then they posted their first update to their uh, website, and and Jared's referring to that group as the COOP group, um, and uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they posted their first update uh, this week to that to that site, and we had a story on it this week in Baptist Press, Laura. Yeah, we did. The 20-member group, 20 people had a meeting. They had their first meeting where they just kind of laid out a plan, like here's Mm -hmm. how we're going to work over the next few months and how we're going to figure out our task. And so Jared told Baptist Press in the story this week that they're going to split up into subgroups. And some some of the groups are going to study the founding documents, like the Constitution, and um, some of the groups are going to, uh, one of the groups may be studying the Baptist faith and message and just kind of really dig down into the weeds of what do these documents say and really what does it mean for a church to be, quote, in friendly cooperation with the convention. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember, this uh, task force is the result of a motion that was made on the floor in New Orleans by former SBC president James Merritt. Right. Um, just because the last couple of years, it's just really been a major topic of discussion at the annual meeting. What does it mean for a church to be in friendly cooperation? And we need do we need to maybe more clearly define that? Um, do we need to uh, just for the credentials committee to know exactly how to handle these situations when they arise? And so mm-hmm. that's what this group is going to be working on. OK, so lots of work ahead for them. Um, I, I know that they have other meetings planned where they they check in together and and continue on. And so please be praying for them as they they keep moving forward in, in the work that they've they've been assigned there at the Coop Group. Um, I tell you, so Laura, I think first of all, this story, uh, this next story that that we want to tell folks about, uh, I'm I'm just so encouraged by our Baptist Press staff of how they they keep their eyes out there 
and that they keep looking and watching and they are trying to find ways to help and to serve Southern Baptist uh, pastors, church leaders. And so this next story, Scott Barkley uh, was in a Facebook group and he was watching this conversation happen where uh, a solo uh I guess he's not a solo pastor, but he he is a a fully funded pastor, uh, the only one on the staff, and then others who are partially funded, and that they're trying to figure out how they can work together in meeting, in planning, in equipping uh, the staff, and and in carrying out the the mission God's given them in their church. And so out of that conversation, this story idea uh, was kind of born in Scott's mind, and um, he, he wrote on this church staff unity and and how they, they can come together. And it features uh, Pastor Tyler Armstrong from Alabama. Yeah. And you and I, Brandon, both kind of have personal experience with this issue. So I was actually really interested to read this story mm-hmm. um, because you and I both serve in, uh, in roles at our church, in yeah. leadership roles at our churches, even though we both work full time. And so right. it is it is a challenge to figure out how do we meet, how do we strategize, how do we plan events and plan um, messages and ser- worship services out for the next several weeks or months and when everybody's really busy and there's yeah. only maybe one full, fully funded pa- staff person on the yeah. church staff. And so uh, he had some really great suggestions. Uh, Tyler Armstrong did there in Alabama. He said him uh, and um, a couple other people in the story said, <clears throat> Piggyback on scheduled gatherings. So if you're already going to be meeting on a Wednesday night or a Sunday, of course, then figure out how you can meet before or after mm-hmm. that event. We've started actually doing that. My church staff has mm. been meeting. We have meal on Wednesday nights. And so once a month, we will all go get our meal and take it mm. to the conference room and eat together, just the That's staff, good. so yeah. that we can talk while reading. Yeah. So that was one of them. Uh, keep it consistent, he said. Um, plan an annual retreat with and include the families so that they don't have to take time away from their families to be mm. there. Make it personal. He said it's always a good idea for the pastor to meet one-on-one with each of those members. Maybe go to go to where they work and have lunch with them or, or something like that. Yeah. And then honor them publicly to make them feel like a, a part of the staff, even though they may not work at the church building all the time. Yeah, that's really helpful. That, um, so so that, yeah. that story, really commend uh, that story to uh, to pastors to to read that. And there's some great, great insights and thoughts there. Um, another story, um, and th- this one from Diana Chandler, uh, came from very, in a very similar way of, of just watching, of, of, of listening, trying to, to find some ways that, that we can inform and come alongside to, to help Southern Baptist pastors. And that has to do with a visa change that is affecting religious workers. Yeah, this has been a challenge. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. It was an unexpected rule change, a regulation change with the immigration office that um, the religious worker visa, which is the R1 re- uh, visa, if you mm-hmm. know immigration language, um, there was a, a change. and yeah, you, sudden uh, and unexpected. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. they, that's what, um, in fact, um, Diana Chandler for the story interviewed a spokesperson for the American Immigration Lawyers Association. And the word that he used was egregious. He wow. said this was a, an egregious change. It was unexpected. It totally threw people off guard who had a plan for how they were going to stay in the U.S. Now, past, uh, one of our Southern Baptist pastors has been, uh, very uh, affected by this. And his, mm-hmm. uh, it's Pastor Albert Oliviera. He's in, um, First Baptist Church of Gordon, Texas is mm-hmm. where he's the pastor. And he's been there for a while. And he actually has a a son, a young son who is a U.S. citizen because he was born here. 
And yet it looks like uh, he and his family might be forced to leave the country while this gets worked out because what their plan that they thought they had in place to be able to stay here long term um, is now no longer valid. Hmm. And they can't, they're going to either have to find some other type of visa, they can't get this religious worker visa anymore, or they're just going to have to leave in the meantime while they figure it out. And so the church has been kind of scrambling to try to figure out how do we help our pastors stay here, wow. you know? Yeah. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's been a challenge. And that's a, Diana did a great job digging into the kind of the nuances of, re- of uh, this religious immigration law and uh, and how it works. And I commend that story to you as well, because there's probably somebody you know yeah. that's affected by this. Yeah, absolutely. So so definitely a point of information and a point of prayer for us as we mm-hmm. as we work through this this issue. So, all right. So we want to shift gears a little bit, Laura. We want to talk about um, about annual meeting uh, for next summer um, on October second. The hotel rooms uh, opened up. The portal opened up at sbcannualmeeting.net, uh, and um, boy, they went fast. They did. <laughs> yeah. Another record. We're talking about records yeah. on this podcast. 16,000 room nights were booked in a matter of hours on Monday wow. this week. Um, which is a, a new high, the, the most ever. Yeah. And um, some people, I think, experienced some frustrations trying to get on there and get booked. And it's just um, the demand exceeds the supply is, yeah. is simply what what happens. And so Jonathan Howe, who's our interim EC president, uh, his quote was, quite simply, the messenger's demand for rooms exceeds the hotel's ability to provide large blocks at discounted rates. Yeah. And so... The executive committee, of course, gets negotiates all those deals with the hotel and gets as many rooms as they can from the hotels. But once those are gone, they're gone. And so more have been added already and will mm-hmm. continue to be added as the hotels make those available to us. So just keep going back and checking. If you haven't been able to book a room yet, you will be able to. You just got to keep checking. Yeah. And so back back to sbcannualmeeting.net. That's right. And you can, you can keep keep up with the updated information there. All right. Uh, a couple of things here, Laura, that, that to me, it really begins to remind us that we are, I don't know how many weeks until Christmas, but, I know it's coming. but, but it has that feeling like we're turning a corner and we are headed toward the holiday season. Uh, the first is that the Lottie Moon Christmas offering resources are available. That's right. IMB.org slash Lottie Moon. Okay. And you can download all of the resources for your church. There are all the videos there that you could play. At my church, we play those usually like during the offering time yeah, or just at the beginning of the service or something like that. Um, there's materials to pass out. There's a, a life-size Lottie Moon stand-up placard, I guess, or standee that you can order. So yeah, They just call it a stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think back in Christian... Um, music days where I used to work at a Christian music company. They called it a standee, the little thing that you put in put in the Christian bookstore of the artist or whatever. Okay. Anyway, they have one of those for Lottie Moon. And so I know some churches do like hide the Lottie Lottie on the lawn or something and you can like go put a Lottie in someone's lawn and they have to pay money in order to get her to move to someone else's house. And that's right. how they raise some money for Lottie Moon. So you could do that if you wanted. Um there's all kinds of resources there for you. Okay. All right. So so just just saying that I I know a guy. Um so, okay. so if you want to know if you want to know how how long it is till Christmas, I, I know a guy. Um his name is Larry Purcell and he's a consultant for the Kentucky Baptist Convention 
in Western Kentucky. And um, he regularly keeps people informed about the countdown on his Facebook page. Um, and so, so today it's, um, which is October the 6th when we're recording this, it's 11 weeks and um, two days. Just When in does case he start doing that? Um, I think on December the 26th. Oh my word. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he carries it through. He's very faithful, very faithful. So, wow. so Dr. Purcell, thank you so much for <laughs> he raised at the North pole. It sounds like <laughs> maybe, I don't know. He likes all four <laughs> food groups. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all the sugars <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness that's so, fantastic yeah so the yep. send relief catalog that's the other that's resource right. that's available yeah um this week was mm-hmm. released and it is uh, available uh, at send catalog.sendrelief.org mm-hmm. catalog.sendrelief.org you can buy things like um, a chicken for 25 dollars mm-hmm. or a food box for $35 or a whole food pantry for $300. And okay, that's so, just a few of the selections. So there, there may be someone who, who doesn't understand what you just said, Laura. Yeah. So, well, you so don't actually get a chicken in the mail. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you order a chicken and an egg and see which one comes first. No, that's right. just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't actually get a chicken. You don't get it, but you purchase it and someone else gets it far away. So you're helping send relief partners all around the world provide food and yeah. business opportunities for people in extreme poverty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's a lot of fun for families to do that. We we've, we've used it and it is fun. You know, it, it just gives you an opportunity to sit down and to talk about uh, missions, about the great need in the world with your family. And so we, we've sat down at the kitchen table and flipped through, uh, through it with the kids before. And it, and it gives a great opportunity for conversation to happen. So um, anyway, so very, very, uh, very much want to commend, commend that during this, as we begin to approach the holiday season. All right. Well, in just a moment, we're going to do our history moment for this week. But first, again, we want to thank our presenting s- sponsor, Subsplash. Uh, make sure to go check them out by going to subsplash.com forward slash SBC. That's where you can book a demo from Subsplash and even receive a discount if you choose to move forward with them. That's at subsplash.com forward slash uh, SBC. So this week, Laura, let, let's let's go um, down in the mines. I think okay. for the history moment. Our history moment this week um, was. Let me look at the date here. October eleventh, twenty ten, is when this story ran in Baptist Press. All right, so thirteen. Okay, so we're years looking ago. at thirteen years ago. Yeah. All right. So in northern Chile, mm-hmm. Jose Enriquez led mm-hmm. a prayer meeting every evening. 2300 feet below the surface of the earth wow you might remember this when those miners got yeah. trapped there was a, a a collapse in the mine and they could yeah. not get out and they were down yeah. there weeks mm-hmm. and they were able to get things to them food and supplies and things but they couldn't get them out it took them quite a long time to figure out how to do it well two of the miners that w- that were down there when it collapsed were believers and mm. two more accepted Christ while they were down there as a mm. result of the ministry of this uh, Jose Henriquez mm. and uh, Brian Wolf, who was an IMB missionary at the time in the uh, nearby in Chile um, and the rescue engineer who was helping to get them out, who was a member of first Baptist church of Santiago, Chile wow. worked together to help find a local pastor there in the area who could help come and minister to these men. 
uh, because they were able to communicate with them. Um, obviously, they couldn't see them or be near them, but they could talk to them. And so, this man that was a believer down there and kind of had took on a spiritual leadership role um, really re- requested a pastor to come. And wow. so, they called this pastor and the quote, I thought this was precious in the story. It said, Pastor, it's either you or it's you. <laughs> and the pastor said, Amen. <laughs> and so he came. They said, You are our only hope. <laughs> so he came and he ministered to these men for a couple of weeks while they were still trying to figure out how to get them out and minister to their families. Several family members of these men became Christians during that time. Wow. And it was just a really encouraging story. And I had forgotten all about it. And when I when I came across it this week when I was looking for a moment for our history moment, I thought, what a what a cool thing. And you know, that Lonnie Moon total that we talked about at the top of this podcast. That's right. Was played a role. It played Absolutely. a role in this IMB missionary helping minister to these miners trapped underground. And I'm just, it's just neat. So yeah. give to Lottie Moon this year. You never know what it can accomplish. Yeah. Just, just a powerful reminder to be faithful where you are and to, to trust the Lord that, that he, he will provide for you to be able to carry out the ministry that he puts in front of you at that moment where you are. Um, That's right. That's yeah, great. Jesus's promises are true and, and he, he does supplier needs. So thank you for that. That great reminder, Laura, that that is, that's good stuff. So, well, we thank you for listening to SBC this week. Uh, it's been our privilege to come and to share, share this good news and, and just a, a word of thanksgiving, Laura, for the faithfulness of Southern Baptists as, as we continue on in this partnership effort. That's right. Enjoy South Dakota. All right. Thank you. We'll see you back in Tennessee next week.